Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Missouri Training Institute. Good morning, Dewey and Ray. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Great. I'm great. Yeah, sun's a shining. Uh, the snows are melting, and so we're doing well. Yes, it's a good day, you know, and I love the topic that we're going to be talking about today. This is very near and dear to any of those clients out there that know me well enough. Uh, empathy, empathy, all <laughs> you're right? You're full of it. I, you're <laughs> full of it sometimes. As Ray said, you just ooze it. You just ooze empathy. My world, welcome to it, Brianna. Yes, <laughs> Dewey, you're the same way, you know? And I, I, I guess I'll just start out by asking, you know, understanding what we know about empathy and maybe what we hear our clients or hear people that we just communicate with day to day, uh, what they think empathy is, where do you see the biggest differences? I'm not the one that comes with empathy um, in my DNA. And so I really had to take it from a learning perspective and a very technical approach. So when I think about empathy and I ask all the time, you know, what, what do you think empathy is? What does it mean to you? And a lot of times I hear people saying, oh, you know, it's, it's taking, it, it's getting in the shoes of the other people, you know, it's taking their perspective. And in some ways, yes, but in some ways, no. Mm -hmm. Because when, when you do that, it's like you getting in their shoes. So it's really not taking their perspective if it's you in their shoes. Mm -hmm. It's you, you know, seeing, seeing what they're seeing, but it's still using your mind to see it. Right. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, I think um, you hear that often. It's about stepping in some shoes or I, I know how you feel. Like, right. do you really know how I feel? Um, have you been through the exact same experiences that I have been through? Right. I doubt it. So um, it really is, I think, more about being able to connect with somebody. That's how I like to look at it, yes. is the idea of, of an emotional connection. I might be able to understand how you feel about something without necessarily taking those emotions on myself, right? right. But I'm able, and I, and I certainly don't have the same experiences that you have, mm -hmm. but I may have, have experienced an emotion that you've experienced. We may have experienced it in two different situations, but we both have experienced something of an emotion that we can connect with. Right. And I think that that's, that's where my, um, my sensitivity around the topic of this comes up is because I don't believe that we would ever, I think, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice if we think we will ever be able to connect with somebody else's situation because we all come from different experiences, from different values, from different beliefs. Um, like, I don't know that I could wrap my mind around that, even if I think I'm actually doing it. But I do know what sadness feels like. I do know what happiness feels like. I know what disgust and fear, and those are emotions. So for me, you know, when I talk to people, I often want to reframe it in the mind of empathy is not connecting with somebody's situation. It's with the emotion that's behind that situation. You know, I can remember a long time ago, I had a, a colleague who she had lost uh, her father um, and obviously a very, very difficult situation. 
And I hadn't lost anybody that close to me. So I couldn't connect with that. I couldn't relate to the situation because I hadn't experienced it yet. But I did know what feeling sad felt like. You know, I didn't know what grief felt like. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we made the connection. You know, I, it's, it's interesting, I think, nowadays, I, I don't know how you all feel about this, but this is a, a something I think is lacking mm. so often. Um, when we turn on the news and we hear such division, um, we uh, encounter, I don't know about you, but I seem to be encountering a lot of, you know, just conflict in my life with, you know, people I don't even know, but, you know, you go to the, go to the grocery store and, I don't know, people rub, rub you the wrong way or something, but we're not connecting, I don't feel, with people nowadays. And I wonder what the world would be like if we could, if we just could empathize. Again, I think another another thing that people maybe not quite get when it comes to the idea of empathy is that they confuse empathy with agreement. Right. You know, I don't have to agree with what your viewpoints, your values, like you said, Brianna, we all come from different places, but I can understand Mm -hmm. I can understand how you might feel that way, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't mean I have to take those emotions on. It doesn't mean that I have to agree with what it is that you're saying, but I can certainly understand what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. And connect with you on an emotional level. Right. We don't have to crawl in the box right. with that person. Right. Right. And I think true empathy um, in that connection is just letting that person know that we're picking up that emotion mm -hmm. without crawling in the box. Um, and so how are we letting that person, you had mentioned your friend who had lost their father, how are you letting her know that you're picking up on the fact that she's grieving, mm -hmm. right? And kind of holding that space. And I think that's what empathy does, mm -hmm. is keeps the focus on that person and the fact that it's okay for her to have those emotions mm -hmm. um, and that you're recognizing that she's having those emotions and it's okay, right? It'd be natural for her to have those emotions um, given the situation that she's in. And to let other people know that it's okay to, that you've created a space for them to actually show their emotions right. mm -hmm. without judgment. And I think that's what's hard and that in the workplace, in mm -hmm. especially where we've been, you know, and Dewey and I have been in the workplace a long time <laughs> um, compared to our Miss Brianna in that we've seen a workplace that was not so cool with emotions. Oh, oh, we were, oh, don't even get me started. Um, oh, I love it, I love it. <laughs> well, you're right, you know, we, we, I grew up in an era where you know, it's nothing personal. You know, I was always right. taught that it's nothing personal, it's just business. Yes. It's like, well, that's like asking people to be, you know, one way, one one time yeah. and one way another. You, you, you are a whole person. Um, and to think that your emotions don't get brought into the workplace, I think is um, <laughs> unrealistic mm -hmm. to begin with. Right. So, um, and it has really changed over the years, hasn't it? Now we're in an environment where um, those emotions are an integral part about how we make decisions. Because if you think about it, everything we do comes down to uh, a question of how do you feel about one option or another, right? right? Yes. And that's kind of been more of an emotional, um, and, and those emotions can really serve an, an important purpose um, mm -hmm. in business. And I'm glad that we're starting to realize that yeah. nowadays. Yeah. 
Well, and I think I want to touch back on something you'd said earlier, Dewey, when you had said that we don't, we aren't seeing this as much in society as, as we hope we would be. Um, and I have to consider, you know, what has the last two years done with this um, as far as being able to empathize with people as much. Number one, we've all had so much going on. So it's like, I don't want to give any, I don't have anything else to give. Like I'm emotionally right. exhausted. But then there's the other element of we haven't been in practice with this. We were socially distancing. Yeah. And I hated that term. Isolation. Ray and I both hated yes. that term because. Isolation. We've isolated ourselves. Yeah. Um, it's hard to connect over a Zoom. Yeah. Um, it's hard to connect without being able to see each other and to read each other's body language, um, are, which are all little cues about how somebody might be feeling and right. how we might be able to connect with them. Um, so it has been difficult. There's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I can't remember who said it, which uh, musician, composer said, you know, the music happens between the notes. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's also sometimes where connection happens is between the words and between the conversations. And so when I think about us, even just our little, you know, small but mighty team here, and the, the change that we're getting ready to go through, you know, the connection happens in the doorways mm. of offices mm -hmm. and, you know, at the water cooler, so to speak. So thinking about how will we supplement that, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we look at the greater society at large, when we were not connecting in the hallways and in the doorways, how will we supplement that? And I really do think it asks you to draw on your empathy bone, <laughs> right? Yeah. And really take a look. And so when I say that I've studied empathy, I really had to study empathy like a student would study all of the bones in the body because it's not as natural. Um, and I'll tell you, I had good teachers. I mean, one of the things we talk about is leverage the skills of those around you. And so I was lucky in that I had Dewey and I had Brianna who don't have to think very intentionally about empathy. And so I had good models, but I also had to study it. Um, and so some of the things that I learned is how not to start a conversation, <laughs> right? And, what did you learn? Oh, my goodness. Here we go. <laughs> okay, I want okay. to do this. So one of the things, and it's so natural to think about this, um, and, and think about the times you do say something or you do start a response this way. How many times do you start a response with at least? <laughs> right? You know, and I, I could just hear it. So not from you, but let's say this friend that Brianna was talking about is having a conversation with somebody maybe not as self-aware or with less empathy than Brianna has and says, oh, you know, my dad just died, right? And the friend says, the other friend or the boss says, well, you know, at least your mom's still healthy. Wow. Right? I mean, really think about the impact of how dismissive that comment is and how much that doesn't give space to her feelings in that moment. Mm -hmm. Well, at least your mom's still healthy. Yeah. So what's so really interesting about that, Ray, is that that 
and, and of course, we're making this, this is a situation, a hypothetical situation, of course. Right, but, right, right. You know, that person probably went into it thinking, um, well, here's a here's a great way that I, I can help you maybe not be so sad, right? Yes. By, by focusing on what you have rather than what you don't. Yes. Um, but, From a purely innocent place. Yeah, purely yes. innocent place. But But that person who receives that message is like, oh. So my father doesn't count. Right. 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 So, yeah. 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 And we and we do it from a let me let me get your mind on something better right. and happier. Intentions and, could be good. Yes. Let me distract you. And I'm like, but there's no way you could. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And so like so that was my one point of learning. Don't start with at least. <laughs> right. X, X, eh, you know, out of the vocabulary. Don't start with at least. The other thing I learned, don't turn the conversation. And we, again, this is another one of those, I want to be relatable, right? So I want to, you know, positive intentions here, but I want to relate to you. So I'm trying to relate to you. So let's use the same situation. Friend says, oh, you know, my dad just died. I remember when my dad died, I was 16. Mm. And we had to make a really tough decision about, and my mom... And all of a sudden, I've hijacked the conversation, right. Right. and now it's about me. And you haven't even acknowledged the emotion that this per other person right. is having. <laughs> right, because again, I'm trying to be relatable. Right. I'm trying to say, oh, I do know what you're going through. I had my dad die when I was young, you know. And so you are trying to identify. However, again, kind of like the at least, I'm not going to deal with your feelings because I'm trying to distract you from yours, and now it's about me. And it's like. Hmm. And I say to, you know, my friend, I'm like, mm, I didn't know this was about you, you know, <laughs> and you two know I'm really bad about hijacking things. I am self-centered. That's just part of my orange personality, all with good intentions to relate. Mm -hmm. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. But when you're trying to be empathetic, you can't, you know, turn the knife against the flow of the water, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So that's also a How do you feel about, I hear this one quite a bit. How do you feel about, I understand? Yeah, you know, and I, I get that one. I get that one because in some ways you, pro you might actually, right? Like the, the situation I just relayed, I might actually understand how you feel. So you kind of have to navigate that. But you're right. And a lot of times we use that, as an autopilot response. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned is that when you go into those autopilot responses, it is a lack of empathy or you, you're turning your empathy off because you're trying not to deal with it, mm -hmm. right? Not yeah. to, because for whatever reasons, like in my situation, feelings just aren't comfortable. Like I can't name them easily. I mean, you know, you know me, I have a feelings wheel that sits on my desk because they just don't occur to me that naturally. And so I go into an autopilot response like, you know, good, fine, yes, I understand, and then move on, right? Mm -hmm. Feelings mm -hmm. just don't naturally come. So, you know, you're trying to connect to the emotion or with the emotion, but it's not a comfortable space. So you got to look at the situation, but how can I un show you I understand, but not make this about me? Right. So right. that's one of those... Yeah. You know, I always struggle with that one because usually when people something sometimes say, I understand, Dewey, I'm like, 
Do you really? Right. Have you really How lived my you? truth? Yes. Have you really lived through the experiences and through the lens that I view the world through? Right. Um, and so I just like, nah, nah, no, you haven't. Right. So, um, and that's that's the conclusion I immediately yeah. draw. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe it's something instead of I understand, you know, let's validate the feeling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Something, you know, it, it would be perfectly That must natural. be really tough. Yeah, it would be perfectly natural for you to be sad considering the situation you're going through right now. Of course, you know, and that's how I can show you I understand mm -hmm. without saying I understand. Right. You know, because then it really discounts. One of the things I appreciated that you did in that example, right, is, is you were saying that you noticed your uh, your tone changed, your um, mm -hmm. pitch changed, right? And and that's something that I think we need to recognize when we're trying to demonstrate empathy too, is it's not just the words that matter, it's how you're saying them, you know? And I think when we consider coming in, and I, I used this in a training I just did this week, you know, you come in and you're excited, you've had a great weekend, and you're going into your colleague's office to talk about how great everything's been, and check in on this particular project because you need your need their help on it. So you go in and you see your colleague sitting there and they're, you know, looking down. You know, they, they clearly maybe have been crying. Their eyes are a little swelled up. Um, they, you know, have all of these different physical appearances that, that would tell somebody something's going on here. Their tone is really soft. They're not really engaged. All right. When you say good morning, hey, how's it going? And you continue on with... Yeah, it's been a great weekend, all right? Did you see that game? Did you, see, did you love how they won? All right, and you just keep going at that speed and at that that um, tone of voice and that pitch. I mean, those paraverbals that we don't often pay attention to, that's also not demonstrating empathy. Because when you're connecting with an emotion, it's about like fully connecting through the entire message, not just with the words that you're using. It's gotta be your body language. It's gotta be your paraverbals too. Which again, poses some problems in today's environment where in um, I don't know about you, but I think we're doing most of our communication through email mm -hmm. where you have no, absolutely no body language. It's hard to read tone uh, in the written word. Um, so again, uh, it, it kind of makes it difficult once in a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Timing has a lot to do with that mm -hmm. too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, I, I guess I would just say, pick up the phone at least, you know, um, or, or, or make that personal connection with somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that is how you're going to pick up on those those cues. I yeah. think that that is important to really trying to practice empathy. And here's the thing, and people laugh at me when I say this. I've said this in more trainings than one. Prior to being the mother of a now one-and-a-half-year-old, I used to go sit at the mall, all right? And I'd watch people. And I know that sounds so crazy. Yeah, I have a riveting life right before I became a mother. But being able to <laughs> being able to sit and to process, watch people's interactions with each other, see facial expressions, all right, see um, what they did body language wise, just see the dynamics of a conversation between two people. You know, being able to observe those really helped in my ability to be able to uh, um, identify them later on to identify those emotions and to be able to demonstrate that empathy a little bit better. So you have to put this into practice, you know? And so when I'm hearing Dewey say, we like to see people or, you know, don't just always pick up the phone, definitely try the different ways where we can still stay connected. Be intentional about that, even if it's not necessarily with all the same people. I'm not suggesting everyone go out to the mall and people watch, <laughs> but find something that might work for you to be able to start picking up on emotions a little bit better. You definitely have to practice. Yeah. And I think you have to, you know, when we think about, for some people, it comes very natural, mm -hmm. right? 
And when we talk about it in the context of emotional intelligence, is it helping you? You know, how is your empathy serving you? But we also talk about at what points is it hindering you? Well, that's me. That, that part, that last part there is, is me sometimes. Um, you know, my score on um, empathy in the emotion EQI 2.0 is kind of off the charts. And I find that it does get me into trouble sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, it paralyzes me from making decisions sometimes because I just really am empathizing with people so much that I'm ignoring, you know, productivity. I'm ignoring uh, other things that need to be they need to get going, need to get moving, you know, that kind of thing. So um, everything in balance, right? Right. Um, but it can. Uh, I, I sometimes just feel so bad for folks that it, you know, I start to break down myself sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that that gets me in trouble sometimes. Yeah, I consider that being highly empathic, Dewey. I've actually been, uh, I've done a lot of personal studies on, on this because I can relate. I can relate to that feeling. And for some people, and I think this is where it's important for our leaders leaders to step in and also just for the individual who may be dealing with some of those sensitivities to to start recognizing it and understanding what are some barriers I need to set up for myself because it does become very difficult. Uh, if you're highly empathic, you take on other people's emotions. So it's not only dealing with what you got going on. Now you're dealing with everyone else, you know? And, and so I had an experience not too long ago. We had a colleague came to my door and had a really uh, sad situation that had occurred. And I started crying as soon as she left my office. And it wasn't me. It wasn't, no. (laughs) No, no, but I just, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't be productive after that. I'm pretty sure I came to your office, (laughs) right? And I just sat down. I said, I need to process this. I processed it as if it was my own situation. And so I, I guess what I'm, I'm suggesting there is also, you know, for us to, to take care of the people who, you know, be intentional for developing the people who are, need some skills in this, but be intentional about helping folks determine boundaries so that mm-hmm. we're not derailing productivity by those super sensitivities uh, with, with empathy, right. the folks that do have it who are highly empathic. Right. Yeah. So this brings up a good point, you know, that this brings up, well, not maybe not a good point, but um, a good point in discussion, I mm-hmm. guess we should say, is... It, so we have an example here of Ray, not so empathic. We've got an example, two examples here of Brianna and I being very empathic. So these are, I think, our natural tendencies. We both have said that, you know, mm-hmm. um, that we have our tendencies. Ray, you have your tendency. So can empathy be learned? Yes, it can. Uh, you know, and, and here's what I want to tell people, because people that don't, what we would call maybe have that high empathy score, does not mean we don't have feelings, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. obviously. I mean, you guys have seen me have feelings. Um, I have feelings all over the place. They just aren't maybe as intense or as visible. But yes, of course we have feelings. Can we learn to demonstrate them as more empathically as people that have more empathic tendencies? Yes. It just takes a little bit more intentionality. And so when I say they can be learned, it doesn't mean that my empathy score of whatever it is, um, really low, is ever going to shoot up to where Dewey's is or even Brianna's, but they can be. And I think, you know, some of the things that we talked about, you know, leveraging you guys. I mean, I need you guys. I think you guys need me. Oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. yes. You oh know? Oh, my gosh, yes. I can't tell you how many times then um, when, when you and I get together and we have conversations 
how much that helps me because I can get mired down, like we, <laughs> like I talked about, thinking through how people might feel about something. And Ray's usually, Dewey, let's do this. We got to move on this. This is important for us to to get started. This is important for us to move. So I can't tell you how much that helps me, you know, to, for us to be able to work off both of each other's strengths mm-hmm. um, in situations like that. And, and I think, you know, Brianna, you mentioned watch people. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I watch you. I have um, two really good girlfriends and both of them, you know, got the feels going on. And I'm lucky enough to have, you know, I, I read the texts and how they're supporting each other and part of, you know, and so I'll give my viewpoint and then I'm like, okay, and Marty's going to give you the feels, you know, because that's what Marty does, you know, but I, I listen to that, um, you know, or even through scripts, you know, on TV shows, you know, and you know who those empathic characters mm-hmm. are, you know, and, and you're laughing because there's one in <laughs> particular that, movie ever. <laughs> I know, you know, and I just, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I talked about the feelings wheel and again, it's not that it, people without empathy or even people with empathy, but being able to name those feelings, uber important, you know, and just other strategies that are personal, you know, speaking face to face. So you mentioned that, yeah. um, Brianna, and I think that's important because then you can get the whole picture, mm-hmm. you know, and not just a, a word, um, you know, tone or whatever. But I think one of the things that um, yeah, I really want to applaud you for in this, and I think one thing that's really important to note is can it be learned? Absolutely. But you can learn it all day. If you don't put it into practice, that's something completely different. So if you're Agreed. not bought into True. the idea of wanting to demonstrate empathy or how it changes the dynamics and relationships, then you're not going to do it, you know? And for you, I know that you even put sticky notes around your monitor and you're very intentional. I'm looking at Ray here. (laughs) Very intentional about um, making sure in our conversations, I can see you. There's literally moments I can see you where you want to go to say something, but then you turn it around into a question. And you ask me that, you know, and I continue to process out loud with you. And those are very appreciated and very intentional moments that I know behaviors that I have seen exhibited by you to really work towards improving your empathy. Yeah. You. you know, it is one of those things that can really drastically improve relationships. Mm-hmm. When you are able to demonstrate empathy, yeah. you're putting those emotional yes. deposits into people's emotion, into their bank accounts. And it's a great way to develop trust among folks yeah. Yeah. And, and among a team. And I, I want to reinforce it's not being manipulative and it's not being disingenuine because I do care. Right. I do care about Brianna. I do care about Dewey. I do care about this team. And I think by having those reminders, mm-hmm. um, you know, in sticky notes, because it's not natural for me, it is more intentional for me. Um, but it is because I care that I do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I need to do them in a different way. So before we leave, um, is there uh, offer up some uh, additional resources for folks who might want to learn more about the idea of empathy? Um, I do know that uh, Brene Brown, for example, yes. has a lot of great uh, information in some of her books, yes. uh, which is available at Barnes & Noble. Um, if you mm-hmm. go into the Columbia Barnes & Noble and um, ask for the weekly workplace discount, you'll, you'll get a little discount on those resources. Yes, and she helped me quite a bit. Um, when I was studying. So Brene Brown is, is perfect. Brianna and I are both certified in emotional intelligence. And of course, empathy is a huge part of that. So we're certified in the EQI 2.0 assessment. And um, 
we do coaching around that as well. That's right. So if you're interested in either of those, I, I encourage you. All right. It is probably one of the areas that can make the biggest impact in your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. The biggest impact. I said to one person the other day, I said, you know, your technical skills will go with you. Wherever you go, they'll go with you. Um, and people aren't going to always remember your technical skills, but they're going to remember the way you make them feel. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, so with that, I just want to say thank you guys for the great discussion. And everyone out there, if you have some questions, uh, comments, send us into us, mti at missouri.edu. Until the next time, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.